This is it. You have reached it once again because you have not learned your lesson. Another episode of the Hollywood Brutally Funny Reviews with the Vanacucci Brothers. I am Philip Vanacucci, as always, with my brother, Trey Vanacucci. Trey, how's it going today, my friend? It is going great. Want to welcome everyone to Brutally Funny. Mm, boy, do we have a show for you. We love it when, you know, we get the emails. I mean, there's nothing better than that because it lets us know that we've got more than two listeners, one being my mom. And uh, then, of course, my wife, which I force her to listen to it because, as I've told you before, we've stapled her head to the carpet and make her listen to it and repeat. So we have a few people out there that are actually listening to the show. But we get emails, Trey. We do. Mm, Man, nothing makes us more excited than that. Let's, uh, let's jump right into the emails. Again, if you want to email the Vanacucci brothers, it is simple. It is brutallyfunnyhw at gmail.com. If you don't know how to spell brutally, then you've got a great college education, but brutallyfunnyhw at gmail.com. All right, as always, before we get into this, nobody should be listening to this show. And if you are listening, grab a sense of humor and, you know, realize you have to get over yourself. People have got to be funny. We're not out here to offend. No. The Vanacucci brothers are not racists. We don't believe in one politic over the other. We're not going to talk to you about religion. There's too many other shows that do that. We're just here to get you to laugh. And if yeah. anything we say offend you, that means we're doing our job. And, uh, you know, please change the channel. We don't want you listening anyway. We've got our six listeners. We're happy. First email comes from, uh, well, you know what, it comes from a young guy named David. I'm guessing he's young, because he, from the email, it looks like he lives at home. Yes. But it says, my dad caught me listening to your show. I guess I laughed too loud to it, question mark. He said that the Vanacucci's were filthy. I was wasting my time on listening. However, I had to use his phone the other day, and I saw he had your show on his Spotify account. So now he's listening. Can you call him a douche for wasting his life just like I am? His name is Gerald Blank. He does give a last name. Just for legal purposes, we're going to leave that out. Uh, So we're going to leave that out. But Gerald, uh, your son David. Yeah, yeah, Gerald. Your son David wants us to call you a douche. So You're a douche. And, you know, the Vanacucci brothers are here to get you to laugh. And clearly, since we're on your Spotify, I know what you're going to say. Well, I'm listening to the show to make sure my son doesn't hear a bunch of bullshit. Well, you know what, Gerald? You're right here at the Vanacucci web. Trey, what's the second email? All right. The second email is from Melissa K. And it states, one of my favorite movies is Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. But I think the Tim Burton one ruined the memory of the movie. Can you talk about this? And what do you think? P.S. I love the show. Do you have any, I have a website or pictures of you, you guys. I would want to put a face with the voices. See, the Vanacucci brothers have talked about this before. We really have. We want to put a face with the voices that you're hearing, but I'm going to tell you, we're not the Duffers. No. We're not the Wyshkowski brothers that did the Matrix films. No, we're not the Russo brothers who did the Avengers. No, we're not the Zucker brothers. Our appearance and our look is going to be far beyond anything I think you can comprehend. Yeah. So, you know, we keep the website out of the equation because we want to leave something to the imagination. Of course we do. It's like the gals that wear the, the longer skirt. And it goes to the knee or past, but there's a slit up the side. You know, you can imagine what the vagina looks like. Is it trimmed? Is she wearing a yeah. panty that, you know, maybe it's a material you've never seen or heard of before, you know, but then you got the mini skirt. 
You know, yeah, and it's like, okay, yeah, look, she sits down. Oh, look, her panties are white. Yeah. So, you know, we're going to leave something a little bit to the imagination. Plus, uh, we both have legitimate jobs as OBGYNs, and we don't want to uh, ruin that because of yeah. the brutally funny show. Yeah, because we do <laughs> love the vagina. That's exactly right. Or uh, the pieces of it we can remember. Yeah. Because both of us are married. But let's not, uh, you know, let's save the marriage for another show. That's not even remotely entertaining. Yeah. You know, Trey, uh, as you know, I just got back from Jamaica. Yeah. I know. Great time. Great time. Customer service. Now, I know this comes a little bit off the whole entertainment thing, but the only reason why I bring this up is I have to talk about our experience in Jamaica in the first 35 minutes minutes okay all right now we bought this plan where we were able to come off the plane and go straight through a quick customs and whatnot right. they're not worried about what you're bringing into that country no all right so we go outside and and uh they get us off pretty quick they had valeted our luggage to the special car so literally 15 minutes off the plane we're out ready to go luggage ready to go the driver of the car comes up and my wife said, hey, do you mind if I have, you know, take a minute and, you know, have a cigarette? And they're like, oh, no, you're in Jamaica, man. We don't smoke no cigarettes around here. Oh, but feel free. So, you know, Stacy lights up, and, and, and so does he. And uh, it's a regular cigarette. And he looks, and he goes, you do not smoke this cigarette when you're in Jamaica, man. You know, and I had heard rumors about this. You know, and everyone says, oh, yeah, you know, weed and cannabis pot, whatever you want to call it. It's legal there. It's legal there. But it's not until you're there when you realize... This shit is not a joke. Yeah. These people take this seriously. It's a way of life. So we're getting in this little car, and he goes, oh, there's one more couple who's on your plan. We thought we had this little private shuttle plan, but it was another couple going to the same big resort we were staying at. So we're like, yeah, that's no problem, you know? So uh, we're waiting on the couple, and he looks. He goes, hey, you know it's legal here. You can walk right up to a police officer. (sighs) Puff into his face, but I wouldn't do that. He'll go to go to jail. But you know, so basically, he's telling us, you know, you can smoke all you want. And yeah. you know, I was a bit tired. I'd worked the night before, and and yeah, we're ready to go to the hotel. And he's like, "Do you want to? Do you want to experience all of Jamaica?" And I, apparently, at some part, I had said yes. Yeah. Okay. Not. I'm. Mean, you know. And this is not my thing. If you knew the Vanacucci brothers, and a lot of our listeners who are friends of ours, they know that you know drugs. I'm, I'm not wasting my time with that crap. But you know, at one point, I was like, you know what? We're in Jamaica. You know, do as the Romans. Yeah. You know, because we all know that the Romans love their prime rib buffets and their slot machines. They do. So apparently, I had said yes. So the other two people show up. They get in the car. It's a younger couple. It looked like newlyweds to me. We're in the car, and he looks back, and he goes, hey, I tell you what. And he's talking to the other couple. Yeah. For one, I wanted to shove my head up my own ass at this part. Yeah. He looks back into the rear. He goes, hey, I'm going to take a real quick pit stop. The two other folks here in the car want to get a little ganj. <laughs> this little girl who is with this guy, her face, she was in, she was in horror. <clears throat> And I can only imagine what I look like because I never at any point did I remember saying, yeah, let's stop and pick up a dime bag, you know? Yeah. So he's telling these other two that <laughs> I need weed. Oh, these other two, they can't go five minutes without going, hey, man, we got the best ganja on the, on the, on the island. So he goes to this place, which if you know a 7-Eleven, picture a beautiful brand new 7-Eleven 
And then fast forward the clock about 85 years and imagine what that motherfucker would look like in 85 years. Oh, okay. Like the the stop and go when Bill and Ted. Exactly. Like the stop and go. But fast forward about 85 years. Yeah. Whatever that stop and go looked like, that's where we stopped. Yeah. But it is a retail, at one point it was a retail business. He goes in just like it's a stop and go. I'll be right back, man. Don't worry. I'll come back with the good stuff. And I'm like, oh, my God. I just wanted to go. And God knows what this couple behind us is saying. Like, oh, these American tourists, they can't go five minutes without getting high. Guy goes out, comes back out 30 seconds, you know. And and he's got a bag about the size of a chihuahua's head. All right. And, again, I don't know how to grade weed. I don't know anything about it. You know, I remember what it smelled like in high school. It comes back. He's got this thing about the size of a chihuahua's head, you know. Yeah. Throws it at me right in my lap. I mean, again, nothing you do in the States. Yeah. This is just a stupid move. All right. Looks at me and goes, 25 bucks, man, but for you, 30. You know, and I guess that's his little icebreaker joke. Yeah. Well, I didn't want to insult the guy. I'm freaking out. He just threw a big bag of weed at me. Right. So I whipped the money out. I'm like, fuck it. He wants 30 bucks. Here's 30. No, no, no. It's 25. The guy is handing me back change (laughs) for weed. Yeah. I couldn't believe it. You know, I literally, he's like, oh, no, man. I was joking about the third thing. So he's going through money here, you know, and he's handing me back change. Now, folks, how many drug dealers... Assuming that you've ever dealt with one, it's going to be like, oh no, you've overpaid me. You know, yeah, none, here's your none change. That I, I would think none. <laughs> I don't know. And then somewhere along, I, I was freaking out. I mean, this, I'm like, oh my gosh, I don't want to spend the rest of this trip in the embassy. You know, so somewhere between the filthy pot stop and go and the resort, that bag that he sold me made its way out the window. All right, because of embarrassment, I didn't know what the legalities were. First off, we weren't there to get high. Right. We were there to get a massage, go to sleep, and maybe trick my wife into having sex in some kind of form. Yeah. One way or the next. All right, let's roll back. Go ahead. I I bet that guy um, actually got kickbacks from the pot store for y'all. Oh, I guarantee it. Oh, yeah. Because we were asking, we were asking the concierge about it later. Because I, ju- I did want to know the legality of it. Right, and he's of like, course. "Oh, the the biggest, you know, weed distributor on the island is this place called Rasta Farms." And I was like, "Whoa, Rasta! Like really, really? Oh yeah, man, Rasta. That's the biggest." And and no, no, they all get kickbacks. And he goes, oh, yeah. "He probably bought that bag for about three bucks." I wouldn't doubt it. You know, but again, what blew my mind is the guy's making me change. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if for I your, had a drug dealer like bag permanent, yeah. this is the dude that I want. Oh, yeah. We're going to roll back to Melissa Kay's email because as Trey uh, read to you, she's really upset about Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. And who uh, wouldn't be? I, I got I to agree because I like Tim Burton. We're going to do a whole thing on Tim Burton on, on, a, on a future show yes. and his contribution to Batman, which I think he did a great job he did. on parts. All right. But... When Tim Burton got his hands on Wonka, that's when someone cut the shit pipe. Yeah. And shit was spewing at an unbelievable level. There was so much wrong with it. And again, maybe it's because I grew up and you grew up, Trey, on the Gene Wilder, English Wonka, you know. Yeah, anybody growing up that, or anybody that is our age grew up on that Wonka. And they would see Tim Burton's Wonka as sacrilege, really. I have to agree. Uh, They had to fill the 
two and a half, two hour commercial movie time slot. So there was a lot of fluff. Yeah. The flashbacks. It wouldn't be a Tim Burton movie if they didn't have Johnny Depp manipulating 80% of it anyway. Right. So before we actually destroy Burton's vision of Wonka, let's roll back to the classic. All right. Come with me and you'll be in a world of pure imagination. Of course. We'll begin with a spin, blah, blah, traveling through imagination. I don't know. I keep thinking about the guy in Jamaica. All right. So we're rolling back to Gene Wilder. Yeah. All right. The Vanacucci brothers love to point out to you things that you probably didn't catch. Right. In the film or, or know the truth about and the backstories. Yep. Every, every person in this, in this movie has a backstory. And it's a good one. You just got to dig to find it. Mm -hmm. So here we are. We got the Wonka film. This was 1971. All right. It was a big deal because the books did great with the kids. It was uh, required reading in lots of elementary schools. The books were safe. They were clean. But no one ever realized what a pure asshole Willy Wonka was to the kids that he brought in. And it's because you probably don't realize that this whole thing was planned. Yes, it was planned. He knew he was going to bring in a douche that couldn't do anything but watch TV. He knew he was going to bring in a spoiled brat that wanted everything now. And a kid that would eat his family out of house and home. Gladly. Yeah. So here we go. Let's Uh, dive in. Just a little known fact, though. The actual author of the book hated this movie. Ah, that's exactly right. He did. Mm -hmm. He was not on board. It was kind of a similar to a Mary Poppins saving Mr. Banks kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, Had a lot to say about it, was concerned that his grand vision in the book wouldn't meet the silver screen uh, because they didn't have that technology to do the things he wanted to do. And again, the Vanacucci brothers, we're about entertainment, but we are professional movie critics, so we're going to let you know the truth about a lot of this stuff. Yes. Movie starts off, we're going to sell golden tickets to get into this factory that everybody wants to get into. All right? The whole damn world. For some reason. All right? There was even a guy down in Paraguay that faked his ticket because he wanted that 15 minutes of fame or everyone kind of suckle his ball saying, oh, yeah, look, he's I remember that, yeah. But the ticket was fake, and having not actually seen a ticket, he had to have known when he was creating yeah. the ticket that. It, well, they when they when they when they went to verify that he had the ticket, they they noticed that it was silver instead of gold, <laughs> and that really threw him off because he didn't know that it was supposed <laughs> to be gold. Because you know he's from fucking Paraguay, exactly. And because it was a golden ticket, he's like, oh fuck it, silver, gold. Yeah. You know they sing about the same thing at Christmas time. It's pretty close. Why not? You know, so we've got this poor boy, Charlie Bucket, who arguably was picked to be the successor to Wonka from the very beginning. Which, to me, signals a little bit of trouble, because that means Wonka had to be watching this boy for a while. You know, now that you mention it, yeah. not only was he watching him, but he needed the TV-addicted douche. Yeah, he had to be he watching everybody. He needed the spoiled brat. And he needed the chubby fat ass. Which, so, which means Wonka liked watching children. I'm wow. just saying. All right. That's All a right. whole new thing we never even thought of to no, this moment. That is the first I've heard of this. <laughs> yeah. So he's, he's watching these children and he's like, oh, what is this kid's vice? If I was some weird creep, how can I lure chubby fat ass into my van? I've got liquid Wonka bars. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> oh yeah. So Charlie Bucket is this underage, you know, young dude who really wants to get in. And let's talk a little bit about Charlie's family, starting with mom, who mom. on the surface it looked like mom did laundry. It seems like she was a hard worker that did laundry and, and earned an honest living. Maybe five cents a day, I think, is what they were saying. Shillings. Yeah. No problem. So she's doing their laundry, but it was no coincidence that anywhere in that little laundry factory was a nice, soft place to lay down. That is true. Here's the theory. All right. Bring it on me. Bring it on me. Here's the theory. I want to hear it. Prostitute. Oh, yeah. All right. Because here's the deal. All right. Yes, it's five dollars a day or five cents a day to keep the laundry, laundry business going, but a guy could come in with his, you know, ten shillings, get his nut anywhere he wanted with with you know Charlie's mom, mm -hmm. and it's okay because the clothes are going to be washed anyway. Oh yeah. All right. And it was a great cover for the cops that were walking by because like, oh, yeah, that's the laundry place, and hey, Miss Bucket, you know, and really Bucket, that's the last name. Yeah. Let's think about that, Bucket. Receptacle, yeah. chum bucket, blow bucket. Yeah. I think you know where the author was really going here. Yeah, I think so. I think we understand what he was trying to, to the picture he was trying to paint. So we're not saying officially she was a prostitute, but I mean. She took a dick or two. She, she seen one up close. Yeah. All right. And let's face it. She was supporting five other people. Yeah. You know, not including herself, six in all. Six in all. Because Charlie they, in, in and the first one, they never showed Charlie's waste of a life, Dad. No, that they guy didn't. was an abusive alcoholic who went yeah. off to some, you know, some hooker that he met in France. Right. Let's not talk about. Uh, let's talk about the um, other four grownups that lived in the house that did absolutely dick, but lay in a bed together. Nothing. Nothing. Grandpa Joe, who ended up becoming one of the heroes in the film, he sits around telling Charlie how great the factory is. And oh, yeah. Oh, how wonderful the chocolate. Oh, Charlie, open it up. Let's see that gold. But the son of a bitch never gets out of bed. No. If you really watch the film, there were bedpans laying around in oh, the yeah. background. But Charlie, so these clean. bastards didn't even get up to take a shit. No. So who was it, Charlie or the mom who was wiping them? Somebody had to be. Especially Grandpa Joe and Grandpa Joe Gina, they're in the middle. Yeah. How the fuck were they getting up to take a dump? They weren't. No. Um, it was Bucket, little Charlie Bucket, doing the wiping, doing the cleaning. Yeah. And then when they soil the sheets, what, three, four times a day? It was his ass hucking the stuff down to the brothel. Yeah. To get the sheets cleaned. Oh, there and, were many a times he walked in on his mother with the dick in her mouth. <laughs> oh, there was. Yeah, many a time. Maybe that's why he was so screwed up. That was. Well, think about it. He sees his mother blowing dudes at the laundry. He has to come home and um, clean shit stains off of mattresses. Your life would be pretty fucked up, too. And be happy about it. Yeah. And, and. While he went to school with easily the worst professor in England. Yeah. All right. And delivered papers yeah, I forgot for a the complete asshole yeah. who had the foresight of making a kid work for him, although he's got his shop set up six feet from the nicest candy factory, or a candy shop. Known to man. Known to man. Hell yeah. He's like, hey, Charlie, look, but don't touch. Taste, but don't swallow. Yeah. Oh, sorry. That was for your mom. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, here's the funniest thing. 
we're going to get through the whole golden ticket thing. You've seen the film. You know that the tickets are dispersed. Little Charlie's got his hopes up. And Grandpa Joe, you know. Uh, is he, laying in bed. He, and he was supposed to save his money for tobacco. That money was for tobacco. Yeah. No, no, no. He takes it and buys Charlie another candy bar. Yeah, getting rid of his tobacco. All right. So not only is Grandpa Joe got the life of a goddamn king, he yeah. can soil himself, he eats every day, and he can smoke <laughs> all day long. What else do you what else do you need? You know, you know I mean I would have pretended like I was crippled also if that's the life he's gonna live. I'm not gonna lie. Uh, that movie kind of terrified me about getting old because I thought when you got old that you had to lay in bed with four other people <laughs> and not move anymore. <laughs> And I was like, man, that's going to suck when I get older. <laughs> and what a shitty thing for Charlie's dad to do. Because, you know, one of the sets of parents there was Charlie's dad. Oh, yeah. And he's like, hey, uh, I'm going to take off with this 18-year-old uh, French hooker I've met. You take care of your parents. And mine. Charlie and mine. Yeah. While I go and do whatever the hell I want. Why don't you just build this little shack around this bed they're going to lay in. <laughs> And uh, have everything revolve around the bed that's in the middle of the living room. Where's Charlie going to sleep? Oh, fuck well, you. <laughs> we've, we've got an attic. I mean, you know, Charlie had to climb that ladder. Oh, yeah, the ladder. There's, a, there's a, a hole that, you know, a baby seal could slide through, no oh, yeah. problem. Oh, yeah. You know, thank God they didn't depict it as cold in part, you know, in the first movies they did in the second because it was always snowing. Right. So, Well, you can't have a Tim Burton movie without snow. Now, let's go back to Grandpa Joe. Oh, yeah. He's like, okay. The laziest. The laziest of all of them. The laziest of all. And now here's the thing. If you've made it this far into the broadcast, that should piss every one of you off. Grandpa Joe couldn't get up. He'd soil the bed every day. The second he sees that Charlie wins a golden ticket. He is, his ass is up and dancing. This motherfucker is tap dancing. Oh, yeah. Not just dancing. He's like... This floor's cold. Give me my slipper. Fuck it. Hand me the one with the taps on it. He's like, I am Sammy Davis Jr. And he's tapping his ass around the room. And you got to look at it from Charlie's mom's point of view. She's thinking, that motherfucker. She is. He could have been doing anything. He could have he been bringing in some money somewhere. He could have been doing something. Something. Because apparently his fucking legs work. Uh, he was just fine. He's like, I've got a golden ticket, and for the last 15 years, I've made you wipe my ass and do everything for me. Yeah. So he's dancing around, you know, which leads me to believe what the other three were fucking capable of doing. Oh, yeah. All right. Because they, they were, they they just laid there. I mean, I feel I feel so bad for Charlie. because I, I do, know, too. You know, I can't believe Charlie didn't wind up later on, like oh, no, walking into a Luby's with the machine oh. gun. Oh, he didn't. He didn't do that. But what he did do is, um, once he inherited the chocolate factory, yeah, he made uh, Grandpa Joe dress in a diaper <laughs> and play with the Oompa Loompas. <laughs> well, the Oompa Loompas needed constant attention, and well, they did because and, they were already. But uh, he wouldn't let him go to the bathroom because he's like, no, no. Remember, you can't do it yourself. Wear this fucking diaper. So he'd make Grandpa Joe soil the diaper. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I'd never actually... You know what? I agree with that. Which which I, I commend Charlie for doing. I, I do, too. I, I mean, if I had to wipe somebody's ass for 15 years and then realize that motherfucker could have done it himself... Hey, 
they were wrong to try. Everyone yeah. but mom. Mom was cool. Yeah. Mom was just making a living regardless how she did it. She, she did the what other she four should be fucking ashamed of themselves because yeah. here we go. We're at opening day. Wonka comes out. He's like pretending he's on a cane. Yeah. And then he looks up at Charlie, a little tear that you don't see in the movie. A little tear comes out of Charlie's eye. And Wonka's thinking, damn, he thinks I'm one of the cripples like his parents. So he decides to leave the cane, do the tumble. And he's like, hey, I'm okay. Yeah. I'm not a fake cripple like your entire family. Right. You right. Know? All right. So now we got Grandpa Joe, who's clearly okay. Yeah. We've got... You know, Mike TV, he's in there. Veruca Salt gets in there. Let's take a real quick look at Veruca. You want to look at Veruca? Yeah, the Salt Company. Okay. Salt and Nuts. They're, 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 <laughs> <laughs> their business was nuts. Yeah, Salt okay. and Nuts. Salt and Nuts. Yep. All right. Kind of like the uh, SNL sweaty balls thing. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I'm not going to steal anyone else's material. We do fine on our own. Uh, but, you know, so Veruca, spoiled brat. She was. Absolute spoiled brat. Here's here's what a lot of people don't know about Veruca years later. Clearly, she did not win or inherit the chocolate factory. No. But Veruca became a deviant, deviant lesbian. Oh, yeah. I'm talking the leather, the, not goth, but the black fingernails, the... You know, she her girlfriend's name was Diane. She'd walk into the big 18-bedroom apartment. Diane, I want the pussy now. And yeah. she'd make Diane do dives at any time. They'd be having a nice party, you know, <laughs> lots of friends. And out of nowhere, right in the middle of cocktail hour, Diane, I want the pussy now. <laughs> the friends would... Be like, oh shit, Veruca's up on her high horse. Let's go. You almost got a Pepsi challenge. There, <laughs> I <buddy>. saw that. <laughs> on a $400 mic, I'm glad the blast shield is up. How can I see anything with a blast shield down? Uh, uh, <laughs> she's like, I want the pussy now. So Veruca became a deviant lesbian. She really did. All right. And resented Wonka. She, she was in six or seven lawsuits with Wonka over what happened because she's like, you, you threw me down a garbage chute. I didn't know about my safety. Her dad, who had followed her down, well, guess what? It's like Wonka said. That shoot, we like the burner every other day. Well, the dad went through the right side of the shoot. Veruca went to the left. The left, that led to safety, and she got let free to live a life of lesbian fulfillment. The dad went the other side. Into the fire. He was burned, cross-membered. That was the last time she ever saw her father. Yeah. Ever. You could see where it would fuck somebody up. No, no, no. She was really messed up. She didn't want anything to do with the mother afterwards because they did show the mother right. back in the salt office when they were looking for the golden ticket. But she's like, no, mommy. Fuck you. That was it. That was the last, that was the last two words she ever said to her mother. All right. Mm -hmm. I want to tell you the tragedy of Violet real quick. Okay. Violet Bonagard. Yeah. Violet was the one that in the movie that blew up like a... Uh, Blueberry, and Blueberry. they had to take her to the juicing room to get juiced. Sure. Well, after she got juiced, she realized that that was a sexual gratification for her. <laughs> so for the rest of her life, she would keep her, her titties full of milk, and she would have people come over and just juice her. <laughs> so <laughs> she, she would juice herself? Yeah. It would make her. Was it? Didn't I remember uh, an ad campaign? Your uh, Violet's milk. Yeah, and she was actually like trying to sell it on the open market. She was, you know, because she. I mean, she and, and her slogan was Bonagard milk juice me. Yeah, 
juice me. She would get pregnant just to get the milk. And, and keep then, it as long as possible. Yeah, and keep it as long as possible. Because, you know, you continue to do it, the milk will stay there if you keep Absolutely. And so she milked herself every day. Milk me. <laughs> wow. I didn't know. And then uh, Violet Bodegar's husband, uh, not husband, the dad, uh, he was the used car salesman. Yes. Committed suicide like two weeks after the whole Wonka experience. Oh, yeah, he did. He, he really did. Yeah, and I guess that's what, probably what led into the Bonegard Milk Company. She took the used car lot, sold it, started the milk company. And again, if you are lucky enough to have one of the vintage bottle, it's uh, Bonegard Milk Juice Me. Yeah. <laughs> All right. And, uh, how about Augustus Gloop? Um, uh, a lot of people don't realize he, he was already dealing with stage two diabetes. He was. And the chocolate didn't help him. And let's see, I think it was, what, 11, 12 years old when he went to the factory? Yeah. When, he, when did he die of the heart attack? He didn't die of a heart attack. They, that, that's, well, initially he did. Okay. okay was that the, the coroner that the ruled myth? that he died of a heart attack. But sure. he, what happened was he literally got locked in his bathroom because he was so fat. And he ended up eating himself to death. And his heart stopped before he got past his knees. <laughs> okay. So... He ate himself, which, you know, I'd heard rumors yeah. about this, but I didn't know it was true because uh, one magazine said that he, uh, he was locked in there with his mother and he ate his mother. Right. Uh, another one said that all he had to eat was bottles of shaving cream and he ate the shaving cream. But I guess the, the true story was he ate himself. Yeah, he did. And it was sad, but finally died of the heart attack. And mm -hmm. this, again, was just months after the whole Wonka experience. So that brings us to the last one. What was his name? The yeah, the TV guy? The Mike TV, who Mike was TV. chronic television watcher. Right. Couldn't stop. Uh, his dad had promised him a real 45, and he's like, not till you're 16, son. Yeah. You know, which, again, makes the people in the South look like a, a bunch of gun-toting gun idiots. Which, which, unfortunately, he did get when he turned 16, and he used on himself because of, of <laughs> what happened at the Walker factory. He couldn't deal with the loss of losing the prize? No. No. Um, remember how he was shrunken down and they had to make him bigger again? Yes, absolutely. Well, the only thing they didn't make bigger was his penis. <laughs> I knew it's where this was going. They couldn't get that tiny little penis into the yeah. taffy puller. Yeah, it and he ended up with like a, a little bitty baby thumb for the rest he of his life. couldn't it, deal it, with having no. that small of a cock. Not a... Not a, not a not not just like a small cock, but like a micro penis. Now, I thought he was going to do uh, with John Wayne Bobbitt the sequel to Franken Penis, but I guess he killed himself he before did. that. Yeah. Because every time he would drop his pants off in, in front of somebody, and go, Whoop, I'm people ready. Start laughing and uncontrollably. People laugh you know, and it was literally to where people had to have the magnifying glass to see him. To so see it. Yeah. he did take that 45. He used it on, I'm actually, sure. uh, if you read the news article, he used it on his father, uh, the 70s porn guy. <laughs> and then he used it on his mother for not stopping him in the factory from running into a complicated piece of machinery that Wonka himself didn't even know really how to operate. Right. Shrinks himself and his cock down to nothing. Right. And it, it, it's really a sad situation. Most of the children end up in a sad situation. It, it really is a sad situation. You know what? I think we should do, just for the four children that didn't make it, Make it. Mm -hmm. let's give a moment of silence. That ought to be enough. All right, All right. so now we'll go on to, to Charlie and a few things that he discovered. <laughs> One of Wonka's biggest things 
was that everlasting gobstopper. Oh, he loved the everlasting gobstopper. People don't even know. That was a real product. That wasn't created to fish anyone into a trap. Right. Because Wonka was trapping all of the spoiled and rotten kids into something. That gobstopper was created for something else, and my brother, Trey Vanacucci, has the inside information on what that was. Well, a lot of people didn't know that not only did Willy Wonka do chocolate, but he did chocolate novelties as well. And I'm talking about chocolate um, sex dolls, chocolate dildos, pretty much anything you could make out of chocolate. And uh, the Everlasting Gobstopper was going to be his crown jewel. That was going to be the centerpiece of the Wonka porn collection. Of the Wonka porn collection, because it was going to be the clit on his chocolate sex doll. And you can lick it and lick it and lick it. And it never goes away. And it never gets smaller. Right. So See, a lot of people don't realize that Wonka had Wonka porn. He and did. it was his own brand. It was a Wonkin' porn production company. He was tied in with Vivid. He was tied in with Wicked. And oh. it'd be like, hey, this is a dildo. You could use on site, you know, and, and it melts in your vagina, not in your hand. Right. And then after you were done with it, you could eat it. Oh, yeah. And other than the taste you got from it, it was high-quality chocolate. It was very good chocolate. Really good stuff. Some of the best in the world. But he was developing this clitoris for uh, real doll Yeah, that you could lick and lick and lick and lick, and it'd never get smaller. Yeah, it would never be punished enough. And he looked at candy sales. Okay, I'll make you know a couple hundred thousand doing it candy. But if he embedded the gobstopper into oh, a yeah. real doll, millions. Oh, yeah. Worth, millions. Worth millions. And Wonka knew... The value of porn. Well, he needed he needed millions to support the Oompa Loompas that... Now, he, see, this is another tragic tale. People don't realize that when the Oompas... When they weren't taken, well, all right? They were abducted from Loompa Land. Yeah. He, okay. He, I know in the Tim Burton version, he gives this excuse of, of they were being eaten by Doolittles or whatever the fuck yeah, they were. Yeah, Wang, Schnogglers, uh, and, and Cougar Melon Camps. Yeah. yeah, they were doing all this, but that's not the truth. No. The truth is, he found him a slave labor force that he wanted to. And he had set up shop in oh, yeah. England. He had flown under the slave labor laws. Yeah. He had closed off the doors. No one knew that these poor Loompas were being violently beaten into working. Every day. In this factory. And the conditions were awful. The Lupas were, were used to a warm temperature. Okay, <laughs> well, you can't have a warm temperature no, in a chocolate no, factory. No, it really cold because it was a chocolate factory. Yeah, and he would do it also for the female Lumpas, which you don't see in part one or the oh, original. No, they were kept away from the male Lumpas. They were basically his, his uh, sex... Sex slaves, slaves. Yeah. yes. And he'd keep them all in, in a 40-foot by 80-foot... Room. Room mm -hmm. and it looked like a high school gym with no no ventilation, yeah. no walls. And he'd walk in and he would be expected to be treated like Elvis. He'd just walk in, snap his fingers, point down to his crotch, and if he didn't have five or six lupas on that shit, yeah, he'd start the beatings. He would, and it was it was horrible. They were rough. There was a 2020 inside the Wonka factory secret video. And I know that the reporters that got that video mysteriously disappeared. <laughs> yeah. Um, there was one that got out that was beaten within an inch of their life. And all they could do afterwards is just go, buh, 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 buh. they couldn't give an interview. Oh, no, they couldn't. They had found pieces of the footage, but there was a reporter that said, you are going to get into Area 51 easier than you're going to get into the Willy Wonka's yeah. private 
sex room. Yeah. And it should have been a clear sign once you start selling the chocolate dildo. Oh, yeah. That there are some things happening in the Wonka camp that probably... Are not on the up and up. Exactly. Probably are less than legal. So um, we're talking about Willy Wonka here. We're going to come down towards our end. But let's talk about the the prize, the big thing here. Him. Have I missed something? No, you you you're, you're hitting it. We're getting on the prize. So the, the at the end, factory. you you find out that Slugworth was not Slugworth. He was actually Willy Wonka's gay sex partner for many many years. It was somebody that Wonka trusted. Yeah, he was the penis model. <laughs> it was a penis model, right? You know, he had he had nine inches uh, regular Pure steel. Pure steel, yeah. 12 and a half inches fully erect. That's where you got the varying sizes of the chocolate dildos. Mm-hmm. And uh, this was the guy that actually knew the secrets of Wonka. So they don't realize, Charlie, you did it. You won. No, that's not Slugworth. Well, when Slugworth gave the thumbs up and walked out the room, Willie had him assassinated that I mean, he second. was killed. He, he walked out the door, a bullet in his brain. And and the deal was, that guy was supposed to walk away with 5 or $6 million yeah. and go and retire. He walked out that door. He was assassinated immediately. Yeah. I mean, it was literally the door closed and a bullet went through his brain. Boom. He was gone. Now, again, the it, movie he was doesn't play the shot. Exactly. Yeah. Because they didn't know if the uh, if the shot came from the, the grassy chocolate knoll. Yeah. Or from <laughs> Lee. Lee. Harvey Wonka Mole, yeah. uh, who was hired to literally put a bullet yeah. into Slugworth's head. But again, Wonka didn't want it to come out that him and Slugworth, they were gay lovers. They slid around in the chocolate. They did awful things Which is not, in the chocolate fountain we're just not against, hours before. We're just, we're just saying they were gay lovers. You know, and again, that's your thing? Go for it. That's fine. You know, there was a lot of, Dahmer had a lot of gay lovers that he ate. Yeah, he did. (laughs) So now all of a sudden he's like, let's get into the great glass elevator. All right. Well, it really said the great glass cock, but he was concerned that Uncle Joe wouldn't let, you know, young Charlie get into the elevator if it said great glass cock. So he didn't find out until months later that uh, Grandpa Joe just wanted to be a millionaire. He didn't give shit. And Grandpa Joe pimped. He had a a GG solid gold necklace made that stood for Grandpa Joe, Mm -hmm. you know, but he spelled Joe with a G because that's how he rolled. Yeah, he had to roll. And he got the the Cadillac with spinners. I mean, Grandpa Joe... Joe was pimping. And oh, by the way, from that day on, Grandpa Joe walked just fine. Oh, yeah, he did. Till the day he died, this guy was wow. dancing, walking. He, he started the breakdance fad back in the 80s. Well, he did up until a point where Charlie kept make Charlie made him wear the diaper the whole time. That's exactly right. And it was kind of embarrassing yeah. to him. So they get in the elevator. They're flying over the city. And Wonka looks at him and says, Charlie... Did you like the factory? And Charlie's like, oh, Mr. Wonka. And Charlie's petting the back, or Wonka's petting the back of Charlie's head and kind of bringing him forward a little bit, saying, I hope you liked it because I'm giving it to you. And Charlie goes, what's that? And Wonka goes, this bitch, you little motherfucker. So, and, uh, again, I, I, you know, I didn't write the book. I'm just. We're just here telling you telling about the, the tale. story. Yeah, we just we're here oh. to explain the tale to you, the way that we remember it. Now, if we remember it wrong, fuck you. That's, That's all right. I gotta say. And and if you don't appreciate this different look into it, again, we didn't ask you to listen thirty nine minutes into the show. No. I warned you in the first two minutes. We did. Turn we the warned thing off. Every one of you. 
all we're asking you to do is look into the possibility that things in the Wonka factory weren't exactly the way you'd envision them. That's true. You know? Well, ladies and gentlemen, that's going to do it for another episode of the Hollywood Brutally Funny Reviews. We hope you enjoyed yourself. Again, the content of this show is just for fun. Just a laugh. And if you've got a comment on Wonka or something that we missed or any information that you yourself may have on the brutal, brutal life and truth of that factory, email it on in to us. We'll take it at BrutallyFunnyHW at gmail.com. I am Philip Vanacucci. And I am Trey Vanacucci. We'll see you next time on another episode of Hollywood Brutally Funny Reviews. Time.